This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. I have this meme I so desperately want to use, and I've almost put it up here multiple nights, and I'm just like, ugh. I might take I might take some flack for that one. <laughs> Cause it's I there's racism, there's sexism, like it's it's got it all. I mean I have I have a awful Alright, you get that meme now. You can get that meme now. Mainly because um Possibly this is going to be when the least P-rated clip is. When the least amount of people will be in here. So we'll do that, we'll do that meme right now. Uh, I'm not doing the voice, though. I'm not doing the voice. You can say you can't be racist against Italians, but I'm not going to do the voice. <laughs> Not going to do the voice, not going to do the voice. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Thursday. We are too far gone now. Uh, Does anybody else still have a headache from last night? I didn't ask Curiouser. I do. (laughs) I certainly do. Uh, I clipped the part of... (laughs) I clipped the part where Rob uh, went hysterical on me there. And it's already gotten like 1,500 views on YouTube in the last couple hours, so... Weird. (laughs) The voice must be done or it's a work. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. Jesus, just it gets worse and worse the more I look at this meme. I'm gonna get cancelled. I'm gonna get (laughs) cancelled. I'm so gonna get cancelled. You gotta wait for the song to end. <laughs> Do elevated messages make your comments seem intelligent? I don't think so. Uh, they're not gonna be called elevated messages on this channel, guys. They're gonna be called woke messages. Woke messages. Oh, also, Warlord, if you want a um, if you want a sticker of Cancel Warlord, you're gonna have to get me your profile picture. I've 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 tried I don't know what it's from. I've tried typing in like Zombie King and I'm not seeing it. I, I don't know I don't know where it is. It is uh at a place I can procure it from. Well, I mean, you don't get you don't get no Cancel Warlord sticker then. You you get me that picture and I'll get you a Cancel Warlord sticker. Because the image uh, that I ripped off of uh, Discord to like put you on that meme, like it's way, way, way too pixelated. All right, the music ended, but I still don't want to flip over to this meme. Who ordered the, the sausageless pizza? <laughs> So this is Italy's first chick PM, Giorgia Pussolini, with Hillary Clinton doing a Nazi salute, RBG, and Lola Bunny 
cheering the fascist PM on. We did it, ladies. And then a dog down in the bottom corner popping up and saying, I would have sex with all of them. This is satire. This is all satire. <laughs> the commentary on neoliberals and their platforming of fascists. I already ran somebody off with this meme. The dog down in the bottom corner isn't being sexist. Pointing out the sexism in our society. Did he make one good point, Ida? Okay, speaking of which, I'm going to have to do the thing. I, I got to do an addendum because I was put on the spot last night and I could not provide sources for a couple of my claims. Tried to remember all of them. But I do have those sources to prove what I was saying was correct. And also that his central point was flat faults. I didn't even want to run with the Russia investigation, but his point that the FBI did not in uh, attempt to uh, ant seven bands. What is up? Rob Noer um, talked over top of me and tried to steamroll me. Rob Noer's central point was that the FBI never tried to verify the claims in the Steele dossier, and that is 100% false. Now, here's the thing, is when we were talking about Russia, I said it several times. I don't know enough about this to talk about it. I guess to idiots, that makes me seem uh, like I'm uninformed. Which is weird because I started off the the show talking about how like I watch congressional hearings. I don't keep up with what right wing commentators are saying about this that. I don't want to play. He said, she said, the personalities, and that's exactly where we got, and that's exactly why I came across not doing well. But Rob's key point was that the FBI just trusted uh, Christopher Steele and never attempted to verify the dossier, and that is simply not true. Now, the FBI attempted to verify allegations in the Steele dossier. This is uh, from KXLY. Justice Department Inspector General's report paints a more thorough picture than ever before on what the FBI found when it tried to verify information in Christopher Steele's dossier on Donald Trump in Russia. I made the claim that about 70% of the Steele dossier was verified. That was Steele's claim. Christopher Steele said 70% of what was in the dossier was verified. Hey, Ant fans, um, no, <laughs> Rob's not a socialist. you like, you did not, um, you did not listen to the debate and you want to try to, like, gotcha me 
over stuff you don't even understand. And it's a common tactic with the right-wingers. That's totally cool. I, I get it. Now, I want to read from the Brennan Center for Justice about why, even if the FBI hadn't verified the Steele dossier, it would have been derelict not to use the Steele dossier for the Carter Page FISA warrant the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act application for an order to surveil former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page has been released in heavily redacted form. The attacks on the FBI's application have been predictably loud, yet incorrect. They missed the critical question related to such an application. Was there probable cause to believe that Page was an agent of a foreign power? Even putting aside the large portions of redacted material, which likely further support the application, but are redacted because of the highly sensitive nature of the information, the unredacted portions easily meet this probable cause standard and support the FISA court's multiple orders. One source upon which many of these critiques rely, including those of President Donald Trump, is Andrew C. McCarthy, who, like the three authors is a former federal prosecutor on Fox News and the National Review. McCarthy makes three primary arguments. The so-called still dossier was the driving force behind the Trump investigation. That is not true. The FISA court was not told that the Clinton campaign was behind Still's work, and the FBI did not verify the factual allegations contained in the dossier. So we see where Rob got his information from. I don't know that he got it specifically from the National Review, but that is where this idea got laundered into the media. McCarthy's first two points should be quickly dismissed. The first page FISA application, however, was not obtained until October 2016, well after the Trump-Russia investigation began and even after Page himself had left the campaign. McCarthy and Trump attempt to pinpoint the page FISA application as the central reason for the initiation of the Trump-Russia investigation in a sleight-of-hand attempt to discredit the investigation, but the facts just don't support that assertion. The facts also do not support McCarthy's second point, one that Congressman Devin Nunes misleadingly emphasized in his infamous memo about the warrant, that the FISA court was not informed about the Clinton campaign's financial support for Christopher, Christopher Steele's work. In fact, the original application included more than a one-page footnote extensively informing the court about the fact that Steele was hired essentially to dig up dirt on Donald Trump, which more than adequately informs the court of his potential bias. Whether the Clinton campaign was the source of the payments, which Steele had testified before Congress that he did not know because he was retained by Fusion GPS, is irrelevant to the substance of the disclosure of potential bias. Nothing more is required or necessary in a warrant application than revealing the fact of a source's potential bias. The third point in the crux of McCarthy's argument and Rob's argument from last night is that the FBI did not properly verify the information in the application, which is a technical requirement in a FISA application. McCarthy claims that the FBI was not permitted to rely solely on hearsay information provided by still its source of information, but rather was required to test the credibility of and reliance on each subsource who gave information to still. Now, I just showed you the article that they did indeed try to do that. Not every single subsource, but they did try to verify the information. But that is simply not what is required in a FISA application or criminal wiretap application. 
and in particular under the Woods procedures that govern FISA applications. Under FISA verification simply requires both the FBI and the lawyers in the Department of Justice to verify that the facts is set forth in the affidavit or it's supported by evidence obtained as part of the investigation. That does not mean, however, that the FBI is required, for example, to travel to Russia to interview a subsource to confirm that the subsource actually did tell Steele what Steele reported to tell the FBI. That, of course, almost certainly would not be possible. It is, there, it is therefore not surprising that McCarthy cites no authority for his assertion that such a step is required. The reason hearsay information is permitted in warrant applications is simple. It is hard enough for law enforcement to develop. And this is this is the point that I kept making. Like Most law enforcement investigations are launched on the basis of hearsay. I said that specifically. It is hard enough for law enforcement to develop sources who can infiltrate criminal organizations or foreign threats to our national security if the FBI were required to not only learn of the information from its own sources, but also confirm that information with the subsources, it would not be able to do its job. Instead, the FBI is legally entitled to rely upon the assertions of a previously credible source, such as Steele, in relaying information from other subsources to whom the FBI does not have direct access. Now, I did miss, uh, I had an article, but I I fucking lost it, where, like, uh, McCarthy, who was was the one arguing about this, but let me see if I can pull it up here, McCarthy and the Durham investigation, what he had to say, because he, like, his... Statement so disputes everything Rob said last night. And this is the dude where Rob got his argument from, whether he knows it or not. Ugh. So perfectly, summer, but it was in it was in some column he wrote. Basically, the the crux of it was while there was certain missteps, the investigation was sound. The investigation was sound. Uh, okay, so I made a comment about the federal government didn't keep track of student loans until the 1990s. It was the Omnibus Reconciliation Act of 1990. It had a, uh, a subset of legislation that reformed student loans, and that is when the federal government started keeping a tally. So possibly me saying that we didn't keep track of it before 1990 because it was so insignificant. Could have been a little misleading. Um, school funding in the 1970s. I said that depending on the state, 
uh, like California had 95% of tuition paid for by uh, the state and federal government. Other states had about 65% paid for by the Fed and state. And currently, students pay about 25%. uh, Or currently, students get about 25% of their tuition covered by the Fed and state. So, research has found that the money public colleges collect in tuition surpassed the money they received from state funding in 2012. Tuition accounted for 25% of a school's revenue, up from 17% in 2003. State funding, meanwhile, plummeted to... Uh, from 32% to 23% during the same period. That is a far cry from the 1970s when th- when state governments supplied public colleges with nearly 75% of their funding, according to data from the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland. Uh, the federal government usually kicked in about another 10%. 10% funding on top of that. So in the 1970s, if you were going to college, about 75% of that cost was covered uh, by state funding. Another 10% of that was covered by federal funding. So you had to pay about 15% of the cost of tuition. Was there any other... Um, Claims I made that I didn't provide data for that need to be addressed. Cicero, Sky Comet, RB, good evening, Warlord, love all of you, Ida, even Ant Bands, I love you too, dude. All right, so that covered all the shit that I had to put an addendum on from last night. Ray, good evening. Uh, For those podcast listeners, I split the stream into two for you last night. You listened to this show as a podcast. You had the option to listen to the debate on one feed, and you had the option to listen to the news segment of the show on another feed just so if you didn't want that uh, that screaming match uh, you could totally skip over that also I would like to make sure that um, if there's anyone that wants to accuse me of being in bad faith in my in my own chat um, you should know what that word means before you say it also, I kept saying the word straw man because that's what he did. He straw manned me over and over again. That is literally what it's called. And the reason why I kept bringing it up was because he did debate. He did debate. Not acting in uh, good faith is using dirty rhetorical tricks like straw man fallacies. I don't do that.
A straw man is where you misrepresent someone's argument to make it easier to attack by exaggerating, misrepresenting, or just completely fabricating someone's argument. It's much easier to present your own position as being reasonable. This kind of dishonesty serves to undermine honest, rational debate. That is why he wasn't acting in good faith. Yeah, if you're not really listening to it, can you can you not make comments? Probably best. Well, what are we talking about tonight? We got all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, wait a minute. No. Oh, wait a minute. This isn't fun at all. I got to tell you about the possibility of nuclear war, which apparently we're closer to than ever before. I got to tell you about the cops shooting a girl who had possibly been abducted by her dad. This is a wild story out of California. Conflicting reports, and of course the cops are going to lie. They're going to say whatever. We don't know if the cops shot her or if her father shot her, but it seems that her father was already dead in the vehicle and she was running towards the cops. He had body armor on. Really weird. Really weird. Uh, What else we got? Fury in Russia. Uh, People are evacuating like crazy. U.S. Embassy is urging Americans to leave. I did not take... U.S. intelligence assessments of Russia seriously earlier this year, and I was wrong, so maybe I need to listen to what they're saying. A couple has been charged with trying to leak military data to Russia. Weird. We're going to listen to Tucker Carlson and his conspiracy about who might have bombed the Nord Stream pipeline. Trump! Did not evacuate Florida. Why? Because of the hurricane, he gets a postponement from having to testify tomorrow. Speaking of testimony, uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas' wife, activist Jenny Thomas, testified in front of the January 6th panel today. Apparently, she believes her bullshit. Uh, The judge that ruled uh, in favor of Trump in the special master uh, issue a couple weeks ago has once again sided with Trump against the special master this time. Wild. Also, Trump is begging for donations (laughs) because, you know, he was uh, in a hurricane. A romance novel model has been sentenced for his role in the January 6th insurrection. Were you expecting that one? Were you expecting that? Like, I had you in the first half, didn't I? You didn't expect the second half of that sentence. A drag performer is suing a right-wing blogger for defamation. The Arizona Attorney General mocked his opponent for not knowing the state constitution Plus, I'm going to tell you why every time you refer to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, it is now mandatory that you refer to Greg Abbott as a little piss baby. Piss baby. Plus, the families in Uvalde have filed a lawsuit against the district and the gun makers. 
We've got this wild story out of Georgia. But we're going to see the surveillance video of Debbie Collier. She's apparently going to buy some items that are going to be found next to her charred body later. This is a very weird story. And then I guess we're going to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer because everybody else is talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. The Evan Peters version of Jeffrey Dahmer. All that and more tonight on the Troll Patrol live. Not high enough for this shit. Uh, specifically that debate specifically that dude once again that was set up by a platform there was supposed to be a a a moderation platform that was like you have so much time 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 and I think that might have gone a lot fucking better Pandorum mask hold on let me <laughs> Your 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 username is broken up on my screen. Hold on. Pandora Mask. There we go. Pandora Mask, what is up? Thank you for being a freaking follower. I'm so glad to have you here. No, Cicero, I did not hear about that. Smoke weed every day. Pour some bong water out for Nate Dog. Coolio, too, man. Coolio. That one didn't hit me until after the show last night. Damn, man. Coolio. And then I read where, um,. Like somebody interviewed him and asked him about the whole like Weird Al controversy about how pissed off he was about Weird Al. And he's like, that made me look stupid. I wish I hadn't have done that. That song was funny. I was up there with the... He parodied Michael Jackson and stuff. And I'm like, wow. Thank you, Coolio. Thank you, Coolio. That was awesome of him. Yes, do not drink bong water. Don't do that. Also, I made the uh, I made the comment last night when we were watching the Lizzo video that I was hoping that you know 150 years from now, if we survive as a race, there's going to be a history textbook, and it will have a picture of Lizzo playing that crystal flute, and I wanted that quote that she had to be like the insect quote in the textbook. Well, I made a thumbnail for the Lizzo clip from last night and made it look exactly like a history book with the bitch I just twerked and played James Madison's Crystal Flute from the 1800s as like the inset uh, quote. 
Also, finding finding a textbook that worked for my purposes was kind of hard. I ended up with this page, which is all about slavery. That's why I blurred everything out. It was just the format of the book was what it ordered me to be able to put the quote in there. But like, I didn't think it read real well as a as a thumbnail, so I changed it to this one, which looks so fucking cool. Fucking love Lizzo. Hey, somebody called in last night. I don't know if it was before or after the debate. I think it would have been during the debate. So sorry I didn't get around to your call. I didn't even have the phone lines open last night. I guess let's do some news. Let's plow through this shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Once again, I thought I, I thought I muted my mic and then coughed right into it. I did that last night. My apologies. Russians rebel as Putin drafts more people in battle for Ukraine. I don't like the way the Washington Post did these videos here. Kind of hard to watch them. <laughs> oh, Cicero, I'm thank you, I am honored. This is the scene of people fleeing Russia. I believe this was in a like a cons- uh conscription office. I almost called it a consignment office, but that is uh that is not what that is. <laughs> President Vladimir Putin's mobilization of mobilization, mobilization, mobilization of Russian men to fight in Ukraine has overlooked me. I'm still a little sick. Uh, mobilization of Russian men. I really wanted to take a nap instead of doing this, but like I stayed up for you guys. President Vladimir Putin's mobilization of Russian men to fight in Ukraine has brought home the reality of war to ordinary Russian family families. For months, Russian voices of dissent were largely silent. Initial anti-war demonstrators were quickly crushed, and there were only small displays of defiance in major cities like Moscow and St. Petersburg. But that all changed after Putin's announcement on September 21st. Through angry protests, acts of violence, and an exodus of more than 200,000 citizens, Russians are rebelling against the prospect of further escalation. Yeah, Warlord, that's one of the reasons why we're starting off with Russia tonight. You know, I don't usually uh, start off with Russia as the lead story if we talk about it. But that's uh, kind of kind of an issue going on here. Uh, U.S. Embassy in Moscow is urging American citizens to leave Russia immediately. U.S. Embassy in Moscow is urging American citizens residing in Russia to leave immediately amid Vladimir Putin's escalation of the war in Ukraine. U.S. citizens should not travel to Russia, and those residing or traveling in Russia should depart Russia immediately while limited commercial travel options remain. The alert comes just a week after Putin announced an escalation of Russia's war in Ukraine on September 21st when he partially mobilized the country's reservists and hinted at resorting to nuclear warfare. 
That brings us to the headline that just came out in the last couple of hours. Uh, Ukrainian intelligence is claiming that the risk of Russia using a nuke is now very high. Ukrainian military this week responded to Vladimir Putin's recent nuclear threats with alarm. And Ukrainian intelligence deputy told The Guardian the risk of Russia using a nuke is very high. Still experts believe the risk of nuclear war is still low. So I guess that means it's just going to be like an isolated like mini bomb or something. The Ukrainian military isn't taking Vladimir Putin's nuclear threats lightly. The Russian president last week in a brazen escalation of his war in Ukraine made a thinly veiled threat of nuclear warfare, warning that this stuff or this is not a bluff. Oh my god, sticks, I would assume the same. I mean, I have a feeling Russia had something to do with the chemical weapons in Syria, if I had to guess. The Russian president last week, and this was a few years, this is what, five, six, oh god, it's 2022 now, isn't it? It was like seven, eight years ago, god damn. The Russian president last week, in a brazen escalation of his war in Ukraine, made a thinly veiled threat of nuclear warfare, warning that this is not a bluff. Come on, man. Listen, listen, Putin. All I've got to say to you is this. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Bring it, buddy. Bring it. Several intelligence experts have since said that the threat of nuclear war remains minimal, but Ukraine is sounding the alarm nonetheless. In an interview with The Guardian this week, Vadim Skibitsky, Ukraine's deputy intelligence chief, and I think I did a really good job of saying his name, put the threat of Russia using a nuclear weapon against Ukraine at very high. I... Xi Jinping, I think, is over, like, I don't know. Problem with The problem with China, I think I have a better grasp on what's going on in Russia than what is going on in China. The problem with China is that China's state media is such propaganda, and then the Western media reporting on China is such pro like, Putting together a what's really... Because, like, when I was in college, I had a lot of friends that were from China, and they point-blank told me it is nothing like your media tells tells about us. Like, like, it's not authoritarian the way you guys make it out to be. But also, if they're going to school in the U.S., they're likely from a upper middle class, a higher economic standard, so that might play a role in what what their perceptions of China. So it's it's really hard to like make an equivocation about who's worse, Putin or Xi. I, <laughs> their economy is wild because they're they're kicking our ass in capitalism in a lot of ways. But they're also not they're less 
capitalistic than us. In a lot, it's 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 a fucking one of those. It's really hard to describe. I do like the fact that uh, what was the name? Uh, um, what was the name of that um, real estate developer? Basically, they went bankrupt, and China's like, "You're on your own, buddy. We ain't bailing you out." Naomi Sexy Cyborg? Is that a real person? Naomi Sexy Cyborg? And of course, RB would come at me with with, with somebody with Sexy Cyborg in their name. You live in sexual anarchy? DOJ today charged a couple in an alleged plot to leak military health data to Russia. A former U.S. Army major and his wife, an anesthesiologist, has been criminally charged for allegedly plotting to leak highly sensitive healthcare data about military patients to Russia, the U.S. Department of Justice said on Thursday. Jamie Lee Henry, the former major who was also a doctor at Fort Bragg in North Carolina, and his wife, Dr. Anna Gabrielian, were charged in an unsealed indictment in a federal court in Maryland with conspiracy and wrongful disclosure of individually identifiable uh, health information. The indictment alleges that the plot started earlier this year after the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, ordered the invasion of Ukraine. I'm going to have to keep reading because, like, What? Prosecutors said the pair wanted to try to help the Russian government by providing them with data to help the Putin regime gain insights into the medical conditions of individuals associated with the U.S. government and military. But how... The two met with someone who they believed was a Russian official but in fact was an FBI undercover agent. This happened at a hotel in Baltimore on the 17th of August. Gabrielian... Uh, told the undercover agent she was motivated by patriotism toward Russia to provide any assistance she could to Russia, even if it meant being fired or going to jail. In the meeting, she volunteered to bring her husband into the scheme, saying he had information about prior military training the U.S. provided to Ukraine. Okay, now that's some data they might actually want. I didn't understand why, why U.S. soldier medical data would be something Putin would want. Another meeting later that day, Henry told the agent he, too, was committed to Russia and claimed he had even contemplated volunteering to join the Russian army. Buddy, they need you now. Go ahead and sign up. They could use your help. Still still getting over the crud. Still getting over the crud. Let's hear from old Tuckums. We haven't checked in with Tucker Carlson in a while. What what crazy conspiracy is he going on about tonight or last night? Um, with regard to Nord Stream 2, 
Uh, we continue to have uh, very strong and clear conversations uh, with our German allies, and I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. If Germany, if, uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do, what, how, will you, how will you do that exactly? since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. As you know, uh, energy is the cash cow that enables uh, these kinds of military deployments. So Putin needs the energy to flow as, as much as the consumers need it. But more broadly, uh, we have been counseling Europe for almost a decade now to reduce its dependence on Russian energy. Today, we are also dealing with an act of sabotage. We do not know the details of what happened yet, but we can clearly see that it is an act of sabotage, an act that probably marks the next stage in the escalation of the situation we are dealing with in Ukraine. The Washington Post got right to it. Putin, they declared, is now weaponizing the Nord Stream pipelines. According to the Canadian ambassador to the UN, Vladimir Putin has decided to use, quote, pollution as an act of war. Uh, as you all know, these pipelines weren't pumping gas into Europe at this time. Uh, NS2 was never operational, as you guys know. NS1 has not been operational for weeks because uh, Putin has weaponized uh, energy. And we have said this many times before. This just drives home the importance of our efforts to work together to get alternative gas uh, supplies to Europe and to support efforts to reduce gas uh, consumption and accelerate true energy independence by moving to clean energy uh, economy. But we should tell you that, maybe not coincidentally, today a brand new pipeline was unveiled, a pipeline that carries non-Russian natural gas in roughly the same area as Nord Streams 1 and 2. This is called the Baltic Pipe. It was inaugurated in Poland. It will carry natural gas from Norway through Denmark to Poland and other countries nearby. And it's likely to do very well since now it has less competition. So I do believe the implication is clear that they think that the U.S. bombed the Nord Stream pipeline in order to I'm not exactly sure. I Is Biden accused of having something to do with the, the other pipeline? I Maybe Hunter's on the board? Over in Denmark? Uh, apparently there's been another leak detected in a different section of the Nord Stream. Meanwhile, Sweden's Coast Guard has discovered a fourth gas leak on the damaged Nord Stream pipeline that carry gas from Russia to Europe through the Baltic Sea. 
Now, the unexplained leaks, two in Sweden's exclusive economic zone and the other one in the Danish exclusive economic zone, continue to worry leaders across the globe. And amidst the heart and security concerns, NATO and the European Union have warned of the need to protect critical infrastructure. The West has blamed the disruption on a sabotage. The bloc has now vowed to step up the protection of its energy infrastructure. The announcement, of course, comes a day after the European Commission chief, Ursula von der Leyen, had issued a warning against any attempt to disrupt the European energy infrastructure. Clear that those incidents are not coincidence. Uh, 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 all uh, information available so far seems to be indicated that it has been a deliberate act, deliberate uh, damage which was uh, uh, created. So uh, from the EU Commission side, obviously, we are in uh, contact with uh, member states and we will support uh, any uh, investigation uh, aimed at getting the full uh, clarity and all the information who did it and uh, what and uh, also on the further steps to increase uh, our uh, uh, resilience of uh, energy uh, uh, security. So UN to address this tomorrow. It's waters very closely after Nord Stream gas leak. The country will also consider building a fence on parts of its 1,300-kilometer border with Russia. Russia denies that it's sabotage. Why would Russia want to cut it off, though? Like, none of this makes sense to me at the moment. Once again, this is one of these things where I'm just, I, I have a cursory knowledge of it and not the details, which is fine. It is fine to have a cursory knowledge of things. It is fine to say that you don't know everything about something. Let's move back to the U.S. and go over Hurricane Ian. Florida hospitals evacuate hundreds of patients after Hurricane Ian. And this, that, this picture just broke my fucking heart. They are wheeling a woman out. She's like strapped to a gurney in a medical gown with, with IV in her. As, as they just slosh through the floodwaters. Thousands of people were evacuated from nursing homes. I saw a story where a woman said that like her paralyzed husband, she strapped him into the bed and put flotation devices on him. Like that's all she could do. Thousands of people were evacuated from nursing homes and hospitals across Florida on Thursday, even as winds and water from Hurricane Ian began receding. I still got that tickle in my throat. <laughs> Hundreds of those evacuations were taking place across the hard-hit Fort Myers region where damage cut off portable water to at least nine hospitals. Kristen Knapp of the Florida Healthcare Association says 43 nursing homes evacuated about 3,400 residents as of Thursday morning, mostly in southwest Florida. As many of the 20 facilities had reported electricity outages... Cap said, or Nap said, generator, uh, generators are powering those buildings. Water was shut off at some facilities, too. And one area hospital began assessing the full damage from ferocious winds that tore away parts of its roof and swamped its emergency room. But, you know, capital has got a capital, right? A company told its employees, we working through the hurricane. 
company asked employees to bring family and pets to the office to work through Hurricane Ian. We are not closing. We are working. We'll make it super fun for the kids. The CEO of a Florida-based company downplayed the Category 4 hurricane headed directly for the area in a meeting with employees and even told them to bring their kids and pets to the office so that they could bunker down together and keep working. Postcard Mania. A postcard marketing company. I'm fine, I think. <laughs> Postcardomania. You know, I understand if you have some vital function you perform in society, you staying and working through the hurricane, but Postcard Mania, a postcard marketing company that has 69,000 noise plus square foot main campus in Clearwater, Clearwater. I think this I think this supposed to be clear water. Oh, 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 oh. That's not a comma. I was like clear water, clear water. I think this is supposed to be clear water, Florida. I am totally, totally um uh like hallucinating and shit tonight because of the sickness. Uh a postcard marketing company that has a sixty nine thousand plus square foot main campus in Clearwater. Clearwater declared a state of emergency on Tuesday, and Pinellas County began issuing evacuation orders on Monday. Hurricane Ian could be the strongest hurricane to hit the Tampa area in more than 100 years. But in various communications to employees on Monday, the company insisted that the media was overhyping Hurricane Ian. Which is expected to make landfall in Florida on Wednesday, which it did. It left the entire nation of Cuba without power. And employees were still expected to work through the potential disaster, even if that meant bringing their families. If you want to leave your home and you're being told to leave your home, you feel like you should and you have no place to go, Postcard Mania is probably the safest place to be in Florida. According to Joy Gendusa, who told employees during a Monday Zoom call, Anyway, bring your pets, bring your kids, bring everybody to PCM! Obviously, you feeling safe and comfortable is of the utmost importance, but I honestly want to continue to deliver, and I want to have a good end of quarter. And when the hurricane turns into nothing, I don't want to be like, oh, oh, oh great, we all stopped producing because of the media, and then maybe uh, that it was going to be terrible. I hate these people. Meanwhile, the hurricane was a plus for one person in the country. Net positive for a man by the name of Donald Trump. 
Trump avoids a Friday deposition in a lawsuit by being in Mar-a-Lago during the hurricane. There's a reason Donald Trump is riding out Hurricane Ian at his Florida Beach Club. He was scheduled to be deposed at Mar-a-Lago on Friday as a defendant in a class action lawsuit. The revelation was made public in letters filed in court on Wednesday by the lawyers suing him. They are trying to question the former president in an ongoing case that accuses him, his adult children, and the Trump Organization of deception and fraud as they allegedly promoted scam businesses. Court had set a Friday deadline for lawyers to be able to question Trump and others in the case under oath, but Trump's lawyers responded in court Wednesday night that they had flown to Palm Beach this week with Trump ready to testify, and they said they would have to reschedule the deposition if only Quinn's team had asked. Trump's lawyer, Clifford Robert, called Quinn on Tuesday. Quinn wrote in a letter to the federal court in Manhattan to tell me that he and his colleagues were boarding a flight to Palm Beach. I expressed some surprise. I believe I used the word walloped. Mr. Robert indicated that they were flying down anyway. We reached out to Mr. Robert and his colleagues again this afternoon, both by phone and by email, but we're not able to get in touch with them, Quinn told the judge. Accordingly, the last we heard is that the defendant insists that the deposition go forward at Mar-a-Lago and on Friday. With all respect, we do not believe that is prudent or safe. I might go uh, hawk up a lung or throw up or something. Uh, When we come back from the other side of the break, Trump is begging for donations for his his hurricane hit uh, uh, golf resort. We're going to talk about Jenny Thomas's testimony in front of the January 6th committee. A drag performer is suing a right-wing blogger for defamation. A romance novel model, who is also a bodybuilder, has been sentenced for his role in the January 6th insurrection. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you why it is mandatory that every time you refer to the governor of Texas, you have to say, Greg Abbott is a little piss boy. Greg Abbott is a little piss boy. I mean, everybody everybody that watches this stream regularly knows how I feel about piss and politicians from Texas. I would give anything, anything in the world to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy, sir. All right, we're going to take a commercial break. I'm going to hit the commercials for the people on Twitch so you don't have to deal with that shit. You don't miss anything on the show. We'll be back with more on the Troll Patrol live. Oh, what you're saying, Cicero, is that Elton John lives in some sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? They took a legendary 200-year-old crystal flute out of storage so that Lizzo could play two notes on it. The purpose is to remind you that nothing you care about has any value. Remember what they took from you. Hey, Soxy boy, you guys want to see socks? That'd be the heavy one that comes. 
Say hey, socks. Say hey, buddy. Wave at him. You got you some Socrates. He's my cuddle cat. I mean, it seems like Smokey's the cat that I would I would cuddle. Let's see, a penguin. You gotta go over to producer day for a penguin. You think the way Smokey's always in my lap, he'd be my cuddle cat? No, Socks is my cuddle cat. He's the one that lays next to me. And I may not be able to stop coughing. It is it is coming back again. I went and got um, this is uh, heated up. It's a pretty it's pretty hot. I like I, it's a, it's it's above warm. It's between warm and hot. Apple cider. I was try to try to soothe my throat because I can't stop coughing. It hasn't been a thing that's been going on today. Like this specifically started just a little bit ago. Did you think it had a glassy sound? I don't know. It was hard to tell. Now, I had a friend that was like, Lizzo twerked while playing it. It was like, I don't think she twerked while playing it. But upon watching the video again, she doesn't necessarily twerk, but she shakes her ass. Like, she's shimmying her ass back there. I consider, like, a twerk a bend-over-at-the-waist-ass-out kind of thing. She just kind of, like, shook her ass. She shook that booty. She shook that booty. So uh, I thought she twerked and then played it. I thought that was that was what the quote said. But no, no, no. She actually said that she twerked while playing it. And and the right-wing outrage was apparently a day late. I thought it was going to come yesterday, but it all came today. Because I'm like, yesterday, like... Where's all the Where's all the Ben Shapiro being upset? Where's all the Charlie Kirk and the Steven Crowder? And like, it came today. It was a day later than what I thought it was. Because like, just as soon as it happened, I mean, I heard about it hour after the show, whatever, what, Monday night? Or Tuesday night, whenever it happened. And uh, I was like, oh shit, the right way is going to get so outraged. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was really playing. She played like two notes on it. Uh, I watched the majority report earlier, and they actually played a video where she was in the Library of Congress. Let's see if we can find that. Like, they were just like letting her grab like different shit and play it. That was fucking awesome. Oh, she actually pl- she played the flute beforehand. I thought the first time she played it was on... Uh, was on stage that we watched it. But apparently she had already played it beforehand. So that's, that's the crystal flute. That's a twerk. That's a twerk. And this was a gift to James Madison from a French crystal flute designer. 
um, to celebrate his second term. There was a fire when he was away, and the only two things that were saved was a portrait of George Washington and this crystal flute right here. This is a different angle than we watched the other night. I am the first person to ever play it, so y'all about to... She's acting surprised, so that's why I thought that was the first time she played it. See, here she is playing other historical instruments. I didn't say specifically flutes, because I think she plays a didgeridoo at some point in time. (laughs) No, maybe that is a flute. You gotta get down. Love it. <laughs> wow, and I bet the acoustics there are insane. Because she is in the foyer of Congress. Badass, ma'am. Fucking love you. All right, back to the back to the person we all love the least. Donald Trump is begging for donations as Hurricane Ian wrecks uh, wreaks destruction across Florida. Major fundraising deadline coming up, and there's never been a time like this. Our country has never been so disrespected. Our country has never been so low, certainly in the minds of others, and especially the leaders of other countries all over the world. We have to change it. We have to bring our country back. We made America great, and now we're going to have to make America great again. So I say, whatever you can do, Help out. We have to meet the deadline. The midterms are coming up. It's going to be one of the most important elections in the history of our country. Yeah, we're all tired of hearing that. And help out. We really appreciate it. And good luck. We have a major fund. I I assume this has something to do with like his legal fees and not actually electing Republicans. Because it's Trump. It's Trump. Help me pay for my cheap lawyers. I couldn't get the good ones. He's saying it's to elect Republicans in this uh, most important election of our lifetimes. Judge again sides with Trump in Mar-a-Lago documents fight. The order on Thursday is Cannon's first significant move in the process since last week when a federal appeals court sharply rejected her decision to initially include about 100 documents with national security classification markings in Deary's review. 
Judge overseeing Donald Trump's challenge to the FBI seizure of documents from his Florida estate again sided with the former president on Thursday. U.S. District Court Judge Aileen Cannon issued an order extending the timeline of an outside review Trump demanded of the documents and other materials the FBI sees from Mar-a-Lago and Palm Beach on August 8th as part of the investigation into alleged unlawful retention of classified materials and other government records as well as obstruction of justice. She also overruled some of the procedures proposed by the independent reviewer, Senior U.S. District Court Judge Raymond Deary, whom she appointed to the role uh, at Trump's request. Cannon, a Trump appointee based in Fort Pierce, Florida, essentially adopted a slower timeline proposed by Trump's attorney for the document review to be completed or to be conducted by Deary, who is based in Brooklyn. Under Cannon's new order, the review and her handling of any objections to Deary's rulings will almost certainly stretch into the new year. Meanwhile, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's wife actually appeared before the January 6th panel today. Jenny Thomas tells the January 6th panel that she still believes false election fraud claims. Representative Benny Thompson said the select committee may incorporate her testimony in their rescheduled hearing if there's something of merit. Virginia Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, told the January 6th panel during lengthy testimony on Thursday that she still believes false claims that the 2020 election was stolen. Information was typical of a lot of information we received from other people who were involved in this effort around January 6th. A lot of, well, I believe something was wrong. According to Benny Thompson, she was one of those people who wanted to talk to, we wanted to talk to, and ultimately we eventually got there. Thompson also told reporters that Thomas had answered some questions Thursday during her interview. Thomas, also known as Jenny, sat with the panel behind closed doors for over four hours in a congressional office building where they have conducted many of their interviews. She is one of the select committee's major outstanding witnesses as investigators start to wind down their probe. And they've wanted to ask her questions about her connections to John Eastman, a legal architect of Trump's last-ditch plan to subvert the 2020 election. Meanwhile, Logan James Barnhart, a romance novel cover model, pleads guilty to assaulting officers with a weapon in the January 6th riot. Logan James Barnhart, a bodybuilder who modeled for romance novel covers in the past, pleaded guilty Wednesday to assaulting law enforcement officers with a dangerous weapon during the January 6th Capitol insurrection. I hope, I hope if I ever get arrested for some crazy shit, they refer to me as a former voiceover artist for gay porn audiobooks. Please, please. Barnhart's statement of events, filed in federal court in Washington, said he and his co-defendants confronted officers at a Capitol Terrace. Citing court documents, the DOJ stated that the assaults began at roughly 4.27 p.m.
a drag performer who, oh, let me show you a pic. We have not seen a picture of the romance novel cover artist. This, this is the romance novel cover artist. That's the picture I chose for the thumbnail. Didn't even put a picture in the story. What is wrong with you, HuffPost? That's what everybody came for. You can't put in the headline that it was a romance novel cover model and not include a picture of him. A drag performer who was defamed by right-wing blogger is now suing for defamation over an edited video. Eric Posey says he lost professional opportunities after the blogger told her social media followers that he had exposed himself to children at a Pride event. A drag performer has filed a defamation lawsuit against a far-right blogger. Uh, He accused of releasing a doctored video that falsely made it look as if he had exposed himself to children. Eric Posey filed the lawsuit on Monday in a court in northern Idaho. I saw the picture earlier. Uh, let me let me show it to you, and I'll show you what the did. It was it was just a still, but I can show you the original picture and then the edited picture. I believe if I can find it real. So, they basically just blurred this picture. He's, he's, he's wearing pants. There's, there's no exposing himself. This is a different picture of the same performance. They just, they blurred. Where is Dick B? To make it seem like he exposed himself to children. That's all it is. Straight up lies. Meat case. Good evening. Phoebe. Living at Ground Zero in Los Angeles County. Well, apparently the use of nuclear weapons... Uh, the probability of the use of nuclear weapons, very high. The probability of nuclear war, very minimal. If that makes you feel any better. According to the story that we we read earlier, a subsequent police investigation cleared Posey of wrongdoing and a city prosecutor said an unedited copy of the video showed no evidence of indecent exposure. Because of course it didn't. Because right-wingers just make up shit. Maybe, maybe they actually believe that bullshit. Maybe Rob actually believes the bullshit he was spewing last night. Maybe Jenny Thomas actually believes the bullshit she was spewing. Both of them do seem kind of dumb. I'm sorry you're confused. The Democratic Arizona uh, Attorney General candidate mocks Trump-backed rivals' knowledge of state constitution. Speaking of debates, tomorrow is Beto versus Piss Boy Greg Abbott. 
I'm going to see if I can cover that and do the freak show, possibly. I don't know what time it will be taking place, and because Texas is in the central time zone, that might mean it's a little bit later. I do have a guest for this Friday's freak show. Their warm-ups. I am going to try to convince him to change his name to Sir Wampus because I think that would be a much better name. That's what I always think it is. Like, for some reason, I just don't see the R. I'm like, hey, Sir Sir Wampus. So, Sir Warmups is actually my friend from college, but not the college I graduated from. No, 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 no. I went back to college later on in life. And Reg's voice, who was on the Freak Show a couple weeks ago, she was my friend from college when I graduated with my broadcasting degree. Soxy boy, chill. Sir Warmups was my buddy from college the first time where I only went one semester when I was 18 and then dropped the fuck out. And here's the thing, is Sir Warmups has not exposed his name to me in any way So I don't remember if I actually remember my buddy's name from 20 years ago. And I'm going to see if I remember what his name is. I've I've got it up here. I'm pretty sure I know what it is. But we're going to spring it on him tomorrow and see if I remember his actual name. We'll see what time Beto and uh, Abbott is tomorrow, and we might try to uh, to stream that as well. So it should be an eventful night. But we're going to go to Arizona, where it was an attorney general, attorney's general debate. Oh, I already had it up. Okay. Wait, let me, let me jump in. We only have a second. Set amount of time. We want to move through some topics here. Um, Obviously, abortion access in Arizona. So we're going to watch this whole eight minute uh, video because apparently it's glorious. Has been in the news a lot for the past several months. Abe, will you enforce Arizona's territorial ban on abortion? Well, I think we have to understand the role of the attorney general. As attorney general, I enforce the laws. So we have to understand that the legislature passed this law back in March, the 15-week restriction, but it'll have that ability that if Roe v. Wade got overturned, that our laws would remain intact. So we have to understand the role of attorney generals not to set policy. So, I mean, I, I currently agree with General Brnovich's position that the law is the law. You know, I don't, I don't want to make the law. That's the job of the legislature. I enforce the law. And I think that's important distinction between the, my opponent and myself. I mean, she has said on record that she would not have enforced that uh, the 1977 law or 1901 law or even the 15 week law. And I think that's dangerous. I think people are electing us to actually uphold the law and not to be a super legislator. So I understand my role as attorney general has a limited power and a limited authority. Did he get that getting ready to get learned? Unfortunately, Abe, you forgot to read the Arizona Constitution, which is the highest law of Arizona. And the Arizona Constitution has within it Article 2, Section 8, which is an express right to privacy. And when you are reading the, all of these laws, whether it's the 1901 law or the 15-week ban, which has no exception for rape or incest, my opponent apparently is okay with forcing the victims of rape and incest to carry to term. That's outrageous. But the Arizona Constitution makes all of these laws uh, uh, unconstitutional. And when I raise my right hand, 
uh, in January. I will be doing uh, I will be doing that and and making an oath to our Constitution. Um, and look, I think uh, my opponent just admitted that he thinks it's okay. Uh, to ban all abortions in the state of Arizona under a law that dates to 1864. Let's remember, that was the Civil War. It was a time when women couldn't even vote. And women are going to die. Women and girls are going to die because of this 1901 law and because people like my opponent and Mark Burnovich are forcing it on the women of the state of Arizona. I will not prosecute any doctor, any pharmacist, any nurse for abortion, period, because of the Arizona okay. Constitution. We, please. Well, this is exactly why I mentioned her lack of legal experience. Article 2, Section 8 has nothing to do with abortion, Ted. I mean, the privacy statute she's trying to say that is included in the Constitution, if that was a legitimate argument, it would have been used prior to 1973 up until 1901. So it's just not a legitimate argument that any lawyer would take to the courtroom. No, I think this is the sign that the difference between the candidates and I. I mean, I could disagree with the law, but ultimately I am tasked to enforce the law. I think that's the major difference. And I think it's a sign of maturity to understand. Oh, what about prosecutorial, prosecutorial discretion? Into, into your decision making as attorney general. So there is a clear difference between uh, myself and Chris. So you are making a commitment that if there is a law you don't agree with, you will enforce it in Arizona as attorney general. Absolutely. Uh, that is exactly the, the job of, the, of attorney general. I mean, I legislature passes the laws and it's signed by the governor. I mean, I think it's dangerous territory. If a democratic legislature passed a law, I am bound to uphold that law as attorney general. But my opponent wants to pick and choose depending on her personal beliefs. I think that's very dangerous territory that we're walking in. Well, this is absurd. You have said that you would have decertified the 2020 election and that you would not have certified the 2020 election. I mean, for you to sit here and say that I'm picking and choosing laws is ridiculous. And again, Arizona has an express right. I like her. That is the supreme law of Arizona. Now, obviously, the Arizona Supreme Court is going to have to decide this question. Um, I believe it is a serious argument. It's an argument that a number of scholars have made that there is a right to privacy. That's what Roe was decided on. States do not deserve to have an attorney general, the current one or the one who is sitting across me who wants to be attorney general, who will force them to, uh, who, who believe that they have the right to tell women what to do with their bodies. It's outrageous, Ted, it's unacceptable, okay. and it's unlawful under the Constitution. Ted, reasonable people can disagree with abortion. I mean, there, 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 there's, a, there's an argument to be made on both sides, but I am tasked... Reasonable people don't make so children carry rape babies. Point, and this is why we need, I want to keep going back to her lack of legal knowledge and experience. The attorney general does not certify an election, Chris. They are a witness to certification. And I understand fully well the attorney general doesn't decertify an election as well. So I don't know then why you Why keep, did you say you I've would have done it? I've never, I've been consistent on the trial. I have never said that. I'm sorry, there's tweets that say op the opposite Chris, of that. you consistently. Why did you say on this Chris, set? I mean, I mean I, I, I'm respectful for your time, and I just ask you to respect for my time. I, what I'm saying is right now, you're bringing up distorting my views right now. And you're distorting the abortion issue. I mean, you have a lack of legal knowledge. And what you're trying to do is put your personal...
personal beliefs into the attorney general's office, it's because you're an activist general. You're not going to be attorney general. So you have to understand the role of attorney general has limitations, and it's not based off your personal beliefs, but rather you have to uphold the Constitution. I've done that as a prosecutor, and I swore to defend it as a U.S. Army Reserve Intelligence Office. To make it clear, you would defend and you would prosecute unjust laws that you considered unjust laws. I think there's a difference between unjust versus laws I disagree with. I mean, unjust is suggesting that it would probably not be constitutional. I think there, there's almost rare cases where a law is so blatantly unconstitutional that it gets past the legislature and the governor. Is, is, but isn't that what she's saying, that this would be an unjust law? <laughs> but she's using her personal beliefs based well, off of a... So, so the quote was, as an Arizonian and candidate for attorney general, the overwhelming publicly available evidence shows the 2020 election was rotten. Argument. Hold on, hold on. She's okay. trying to use this idea of the privacy clause, the Constitution. No legitimate lawyer thinks that. But besides that, it just defies. She's saying that the 15-week law that was passed, 15-week restriction that was passed in March, she said she would not uphold that. So I'm confused. Why okay. would you not uphold that if you if you if you want to have the intent I'm, of the people? I'm the sorry that you're confused about the Arizona Constitution, Abe. I know you only graduated from law school a few years ago, but the Arizona Constitution Ooh. says what it says. And a number of legal scholars have said that Article 2, Section 8 is an express right to privacy. Look, the Arizona Constitution has in it a number of things that the federal Constitution doesn't have. When the U.S. Supreme Court kicked the issue of abortion rights back to states, when they overturned Roe versus Wade, they kicked it back to the Supreme Law of Arizona. And there are multiple states, including Florida, Abe, that have an express right to privacy where this is now being litigated. In Florida, it's being litigated. And when I'm attorney general, it's going to be litigated here. What I'm saying is the moment I take office, I am going to reverse Attorney General Brnovich's opinion that the 1901 law is constitutional and should be should go into place. And so there's a clear difference. My opponent wants to put doctors and nurses and pharmacists in jail for abortion care. And that's Ted, outrageous. Ted, again, she doesn't understand the role of attorney general. The attorney general has no jurisdiction to prosecute these abortion cases. Okay. So, we, Chris, you're mistaken once. They, I, it seems like every single question you're mistaken on the role of attorney general. Let, let, me, let me ask you a question uh, regarding some tweets that you made. I'm going to prosecute the crimes of the rigged. 2020 election. Yeah. I'm not going to just forget about the fraud of 2020. I'm going to hold them accountable. Your day of reckoning is coming coming when I take office in January of 2023. What crimes? Who is going to there be it is. Who will be held to reckoning? What there it is. I was trying. Right I was still I was still trying to find like that doesn't seem like the whole whole quote. Let's go back and hear exactly what he said again. Thank you to this moderator. Once they, I, it seems like every single question you're mistaken on the role of attorney general. Let, let me let me ask you a question uh, regarding some tweets that you made. I'm going to prosecute the crimes of the rigged 2020 election. Yeah. I'm not going to just forget about the fraud of 2020. I'm going to hold them accountable. Your day of reckoning is coming coming when I take office in January of 2023. What crimes? Who is going to be held Box. accountable? Good evening. What are you talking about here? All Arizonans want right now, Ted, is free, fair, and competent elections. And, you know, the media has shifted the narratives by saying that there was no fraud. The media. The media. 
I, I, what was her name? I really liked her. Oh man, I, I closed out the article. I want to remember her name. Hopefully we will see more of her. Democrat Chris Mays, Arizona Attorney General Chris Mays. She is the incumbent Attorney General. He was the challenger. She mocked him for not knowing the Constitution because, of course, he doesn't. He's a right-winger. They just make appeals... They just make appeals to the Constitution. I'm not exactly sure about that race, and I haven't looked at polling in Arizona in quite some time, but Mark Kelly was doing well, and that's that's a, state, a statewide race that we can judge by. So it doesn't look like Kelly is in any danger. So I would assume his... If he does well, it's the down-ballot Democrats who win, right? If he, if he pulls uh, his constituency out. And it looks like he should. As I said, tomorrow we might have a... Or I mean, there is going to be a debate between Beto and Greg Abbott tomorrow. We might stream it if we can if we can make that happen. But I want to make you guys aware of this, just so you know. Anytime that you talk about Greg Abbott, it is, it is sacrosanct that you do this now. Moderators over at one of the most popular boards on Reddit... Political humor are challenging a Texas law passed in 2021 that prohibits censorship on social media by requiring every post and comment to include the sentence, Greg Abbott is a little piss baby. Any user who fails to include this as part of anything contributed to the forum will be immediately banned. Both meant to be an open defiance of the equally absurd and dangerous law, but also the mods made it clear that they're primarily doing it for poops and giggles. We realized what a ripe situation this is, so we're going to flagrantly break this law. Firstly, to raise awareness of the bullshit of it all, but mainly because we find it funny. Also, we like this Constitution thing. Seems like it has some good ideas. So, I propose that it become mandatory on the entire internet and not just on Reddit. I encourage everyone in my chat, anytime that you refer to the governor of Texas, you are required to write the sentence, Greg Abbott is a little piss baby. Because in case you guys were unaware, Greg Abbott is a little piss baby. Oh, God, I hope Tulsi doesn't... Pun- like, she's she's a pundit on Fox News now, right? We're not going to have Tulsi back in politics. Hopefully. One of the many reasons why Governor Greg Abbott is a little piss baby was his actions following the Uvalde shooting. Families of Uvalde shooting survivors sue officials, school district, and gun makers. The families of three children who survived the Uvalde, Texas school shooting last spring filed the first federal lawsuit against a number of entities, including the school district, law enforcement officials, and gun makers. The complaint filed in Texas's Western District Court alleges that negligence, recklessness, recklessness, 
and failures contributed to the shooting that left 19 children and two adults dead on May 24th after an 18-year-old gunman began firing into classrooms at Robb Elementary School. The suit seeks damages on behalf of three children, including one who was wounded in the attack. Ten defendants are named in the suit, including the city of Uvalde and the school district. Also named are Pete Arredondo, the school's district's police chief during the shooting, who has since been fired, along with Mariano Pargas, the acting Uvalde police chief, who has since been placed on leave. Mandy Gutierrez, the school's principal, who was placed on a three-day administrative leave, was also named. The suit alleges she failed to notify teachers of the gunman's presence through the school's intercom. The defendants also include gun manufacturer Daniel Defense, LLC, FireQuest International, Inc., which designed the accessory trigger system used by the gunman, the Oasis Outback, where he got his firearms. Oh, and Oasis Outback, where he got his firearms. Additionally, the suit names Motorola Solutions, Inc., alleging that its radio communication devices used by first responders during the shooting failed, and Schneider Electric USA, Inc., which either made or installed the school's doors that allegedly failed to lock. Fucking sue them all for everything they got. So, um... I guess I've got um, two different. Uh, no, I gotta hit three different stingers here. I guess. First, let's hit the content warning. Then I've got to go ahead and say just another day in mass shooting, USA. And also, I urge you, remember, kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. <laughs> 30 rounds fired in a California school shooting that injured two students and four staffers. A Wednesday shooting is believed to be gang-related. I guess that's something... we playing everybody went crazy and I was confused and they all went underneath the same desk. Students recounting what happened when shots were fired at the King Estate School campus just off of 580 in Oakland. Everett Flores, a middle school student, says he ducked under a desk for cover. Yeah, I thought I was going to die. Oakland police say they got the call at 1245 this afternoon. Once they got there, they rushed on campus looking for victims and suspects. In all, six adults individuals 18 and over who have some affiliation with the school were determined to be suffering from gunshot wounds. They were all transported to local hospitals. Two of them suffering from life-threatening injuries, another with non-life-threatening injuries, one person was released and two others expected to be released soon. Parents picking up their children were filled with fear and emotion. I just heard the shooting and I saw this lady getting out from the car. She was running in, inside the school. Do you have kids that are in there? Yes. I got a son and I got a three nephews. Three nephews. 
Yes, but they're okay. Mario Juarez says his 16-year-old attends one of the schools and he believes tension at one of the schools was building. A month ago, we knew of an incident that a student at Rosedale Continuation School was stabbed. And this kid not only was a stab, but was also part of the incident where he was pistol-whooped. So what do you think was going to happen eventually? We've got to make sure that we've got adequate, you know, police presence in our community. That's what people are hearing also. Mm. They want criminal investigators. They want 911 people to respond to them when they call. Like, we've got to shore up the entire system. No, I want, no, 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 no. I want, I want, I want proper social safety net so people don't, uh resort to such things because what good are the cops going to do you what good are the cops going to do you ma'am what, what good is this cop specifically going to do for you sheriff threatened to fire all of his black officers in a racist tirade that was caught on tape <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I think we have the audio We'll listen to local news hit here. Every black that I know, you need to find him to start with. He's the state. Of Columbus County. That's the voice of Columbus County Sheriff Jody Green. An incredible phone call caught on tape talking about his African-American employees. WECT just obtained a copy of that call, and we have now learned the FBI has opened an investigation into allegations Good. of obstruction of justice at the Columbus County Sheriff's Office. Investigative reporter Ann McAdams has this exclusive story and joins us now with that recording. Ann? Fran, on one... You know, you know I, made the, I made the statement that I would abolish the FBI... And I have, I've been for abolishing the FBI. However, if we just wanted to parse it down to where all the FBI does is investigate uh, civil rights abuses uh, in police forces, that would be cool. That's one, of the, that's one of the things the FBI does is investigate cops, and I really like that. I really like that about the FBI. I do like that part about it. One end of the phone is current Columbus County Sheriff Jody Green. On the other end is Jason Souls, the man who previously served as interim sheriff while officials settled a dispute over the 2018 election. We should warn you, there is some graphic language in this call. Sheriff Green says, quote, he is sick of these black bastards and that every black he knows needs to be fired. If I had to fire him, the mother out of guess what? They, I'm tired of this They have to That's the voice of Columbus County Sheriff Jody Green. He won his seat by 34 votes. Yeah, they do trafficking and kidnapping too, Ida. You're right. He'd been temporarily removed from office while officials settled the election disputes. That was the setting the night Green called acting sheriff Jason Souls, saying their office had a snitch. Immediately after being appointed to the interim sheriff, I started to get a lot of phone calls from Jody late at night. And um, this one particular phone call that we received, he made the comment that he hated Democrats. And then he said, I, I take that back. I hate a black Democrat. And of course, and I, right then, I was like, wow, this is coming from the sheriff. And 
and I had to start recording those conversations. Former Sheriff Lewis Hatcher was the first African-American ever to serve as sheriff in Columbus County. Green says on the call he's specifically concerned that people in his office are leaking information to Hatcher and Melvin Campbell, another African-American officer Green fired shortly after taking office. Tomorrow's going to be a new day. I'm still the mother Sir, I don't think you're going to be sheriff much longer. I got a little song for this. You about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. It gets worse. After the sheriff explains that he's getting phone records from Verizon to trace anyone in his office who's called Campbell or Hatcher, he lets Souls know the plan. Former Sergeant Melvin Campbell said he was so surprised when he heard this recording of the sheriff talking like this about him, he had to listen to it twice. Before taking the job at the sheriff's office, Campbell, who received the order of the Longleaf Pine from the governor, spent 30 years as a highway patrol officer under Jody Green's supervision. And I worked with him, and it kind of shocked me, you know what I mean, that that came out of his mouth. I thought we were friends, but with friends like did it shock you, really? Because it didn't shock me, and I didn't know the motherfucker. I just took one look at him and knew that's exactly his thoughts. Like that. Who needs enemies? Oh, and the, and the badge was a giveaway, too. Members of Sheriff Green's command staff were demoted or fired. Soul says ever since making that recording, he's been working to bring it to the attention of county commissioners, court officials, the attorney general, and the SBI over concerns that the county's most powerful law enforcement leader had a bias against black people. I was told to just keep documenting everything that happens so that we would have a, a paper trail of it, and we did. But Souls said no matter who he and his supporters turned to, nothing happened. Souls is now running against Green for sheriff and doesn't want people to think his actions are politically motivated. But he says people need to know the real Jody Green. I didn't want to do this to begin with. You know, I, I wanted help. I wanted to do it the right way. And I have reached out to everyone that I know to reach out to. I've even tried to get to the governor. You know, I've, I've worked, I started at the bottom with the commissioners. I, yeah, you should go to the officials first, but if that doesn't work, go to the media. Hey, you can't tell me that WECT here wouldn't have played that fucking video. Come the fuck on. Worked in media for well over 20 years. You couldn't go to anybody. What? Go to your local newspaper, dude. And worked all the way to the top to the AG's office and the governor's office. But I just can't get seem to get any help. We spoke to Sheriff Green about the recording on Monday. At the time, he said he had no recollection of that conversation, so we provided him with a copy of the recording. Late this afternoon, he posted a statement. Oh my God, is he going to say he was on Ambien? Are we getting ready to hear that? He was on Ambien? Because remember, these calls took place late at night. Is that going to be the excuse? on Facebook saying his office serves citizens of all races and although he admits to using offensive language he denies saying anything with racial or mal intent. Green said he would cooperate fully with the SBI investigation. Well, 
If you would like to hear the entire recording, we didn't pull a Roseanne at least inside the story on WECT.com. And McAdams, you all want to play the whole thing? That's a lot. Six and a half minutes. Is this it? Yep. I told you about that. Yeah. The, the first place I see, I've got the office numbers too. I mean, the first extension that Melvin Cowboy. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be incredibly hard to deal with because it's not it's not good quality. We've heard the relevant portions when she said it gets worse. Like, how can it possibly get worse? A woman in Georgia is apparently on video buying items that would be found next to her body. Items found next to body hours before she... Georgia woman bought items found next to her body hours before she died. Clunky headline there. Let's let's watch the video. Brand new details tonight in the mysterious and gruesome death of Athens mom Debbie Collier. New surveillance video shows. Yeah, yeah. Once again, content warning. Let me go back to the beginning for you guys. Brand new details tonight in the mysterious and gruesome death of Athens mom Debbie Collier. New surveillance video shows Collier buying the very items that police would find just hours later next to her burned naked body. Tonight, only on 11 Alive News, the clerk in that video who is seen checking Collier out reacts to the fact that she might be... DRB, have a good night. ...see her alive. 11 Alive's Cody Alcorn is live in the studio right now. So, Cody, this video, this video here just adds another layer of questions to this already puzzling case. No doubt, Ron, this video just adds to the complexity of this case. Debbie Collier's body was found on Sunday, September 11th. This video you're about to watch was captured 21 hours earlier, 13 miles north of the crime scene, showing Collier buying the items that ultimately led deputies to her body. On Saturday, September 10th at 2.55 p.m., the Habersham County Sheriff's Office confirms this is Debbie Collier. Captured on video, walking into the family dollar in Clayton, Georgia. She's wearing a red visor, a black purse across her chest, and appears to have her rental key fob in hand. The video jumps to Collier checking out. On the counter, a red tote bag. She then places a blue tarp, rain poncho, paper towels, and a refillable torch lighter on the counter. I do remember her. I remember checking her out. She's the one that's dead now. I do you think maybe a serial killer sent her in for the items or something? I this is wild. But I really don't remember like what we talked about. I talked to the clerk who checked out Collier. Esther Kreller told me over the phone. The items Collier bought didn't set off any red flags. It's a common thing that people buy. We were going to put up the tarps like um, for the winter, but then my boss said no because people buy them year-round. Oh, yeah, the big, the big bags. 
Yeah, people buy those a lot to put a bunch of stuff in, like reusable grocery bags. Cruller said Collier didn't act like anything was wrong. She didn't seem in distress. Knowing what she does today. And nothing looked up. Suspicious or out of the ordinary. Nobody, I wish I would have went outside, you know, around that time, see if anybody was with her. But I had, you know, who would have thought? Who would have thought 21 hours later, Collier's body would be found naked and burned along with that tarp and red tote bag 13 miles away? Habersham County says all the video they have from this family dollar and surrounding businesses show Collier was alone in the van when she stopped at the family dollar. But remember, the sheriff's office also confirmed Debbie Collier was not kidnapped and did not die by suicide. Man, a lot of moving parts here, Cody. Thanks a lot. And folks, we want to break down the... They confirmed she didn't die by suicide. Could it be a camping accident, possibly? She set up camp somewhere and just happened to be naked and accidentally set some shit on fire and burn herself up? Is that possible? That is a wild story. Also, this one is a wild story. Oh, fucking shit. Let me hit the content warning again. I specifically didn't want to talk about this last night. It happened on... Tuesday. So with the debate and everything, I'm like, I don't want to get into this. This is too heavy. A lot of moving parts. We don't exactly know what happened. I'm automatically assuming that the cops were in the wrong and that they have shot an innocent girl. That might not be the case. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now that that might not be the case. Her father shot her mother. And the word was that she was abducted. The police are now saying she wasn't abducted. He was apparently wearing body armor. They have stated that she could have possibly been shooting at the police with her father. I am very interested to see the body camera footage, the dash footage from this incident. I've been able to learn a little bit more about the life of this family prior to the violence that occurred on Monday. Police telling us that there was no restraining order or domestic abuse calls to the home. Kelly Lane knelt before a memorial of flowers and candles, where Anthony Graziano shot and killed his estranged wife, Tracy Martinez. Lane says he knew the family was struggling. They were going through separation, divorce, and just... Just life's everyday life is getting you know, heavy on him. Fontana police say Graziano and Martinez were going through a divorce and that he left the couple's home a month or two prior with their 15-year-old daughter, Savannah. They say the two had been living out of his truck and in motels. She was a sweet kid. She was... 
She's your daddy's little girl. Graziano and his daughter were shot and killed following a gun battle with authorities in Hesperia on Tuesday. Questions remain about the 15-year-old's role in the shootout. There may be some information that the passenger was involved in firing back at the deputies, and we're still trying to confirm that at this point. Police issued an am- I'm just going to go ahead and say that's probably bullshit, and it's them justifying. It sounds like she... Because they blurred out the picture here when you see the truck. The reason they blurred it out is the dad is dead inside the truck. And she apparently went running towards the cops and that's when they shot her. So she could have been trying to escape and run for help and they shot her dead. I we don't know for certain that maybe she was firing at the gun was found in the vehicle. And they only said, so far they've only said one gun. And the gun was in the vehicle and the father was in the vehicle and she was shot outside of the vehicle. So that would tell you that she wasn't armed when she was shot. Paziano and his daughter were shot and killed following a gun battle with authorities in Hesperia on Tuesday. Questions remain about the 15-year-old's role in the shootout. There may be some information that the passenger was involved in firing back at the deputies, and we're still trying to confirm that at this point. Police issued an Amber Alert after Graziano killed the mother of his children on Monday. But it's still not clear if the teen went willingly or was forced to leave with her father. Fontana police say they found her younger brother at home unharmed. They were good kids. They were just in a broken home is all. There's no excuse for what he did. I can never justify it, but didn't have to end that way. According to investigators, Martinez was in Graziano's truck when they started to argue. She then got out, and that's when Graziano opened fire. Many, like Carrie Snow, were walking children to school at the time. I hadn't hit my snooze alarm. We would have been on this corner, so. And with all the bullets going by, it would have, who knows what would have happened, because we were literally right here. And I was just really surprised, like, because it's like, it's not a, it's not really violent like that over here, so. For somebody to do something like that, it's just really just horrible. And we're also learning from Fontana police that on Monday following that shooting, they issued a search warrant at one of Graziano's storage lockers. That's where they say they confiscated numerous weapons that were legally registered to Graziano. They say because he was not on probation or on parole, he was legally allowed to have them. The investigation is ongoing. But that... I want to see the body camera footage. I want to see what happened to that young lady. I I think the cops... I think... Especially because we heard reports that, oh, her father may have shot her. But now that we know that she was outside of the vehicle and the gun was found inside the vehicle, I don't think that could be the case. I think the cops shot her. She was unarmed. Now, it is possible... That it was just simply an accident. She's wearing body armor. And cops are trigger happy. And it was an accident. But it's clear they're kind of... They're, they're trying to lie to cover it up, right? 
I, I do not give cops the benefit of a doubt in any situation. This show's been heavy. I told you it was going to be heavy. Nuclear war. Uh, shootouts. School shootings. And serial killers. Everybody else is talking about it, so I guess I have to, too. I've, I've actually downloaded it. I have not watched. Uh, I have not watched an episode yet. I believe Curiouser uh, has watched. Uh, oh, here, let me see if I can catch the ads. Yes, I caught the ads. No ads for you guys on Twitch. Boozy badass says black people should boycott Netflix's Jeffrey Dahmer series. Demands it be taken down. New Netflix series, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, is doing numbers on the streaming service and is the talk of the internet. But Boozy Badass believes black people shouldn't watch it. On Thursday, Boozy Badass weighed in on the craze caused online by the new semi-fictional Netflix series that centers around the life and crimes of serial killer and cannibal Jeffrey Dahmer, who murdered a total of 17 men between 1978 and 1991 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now... I'm a big fan of Ryan, uh, what's his name? This is, it's from the dude that does American Horror Story, American Crime Story, Ryan something or other. And it's starring Evan Peters, Evan Peters, who is been in, uh, several, all the seasons of American Horror Story. I quit watching a few years ago. The, the Trump season, I'm just like, no, nope, can't do this. I haven't I haven't gone back to it, but I've loved American Crime Story. Uh, let's watch the trailer, shall we? I haven't seen it. You kind of get the the music down there. Try not to get me a copyright claim. I want I want my fourteen cents. Not not going to Netflix. Venus, good evening. What is that smell? <laughs> what is that smell? They don't usually watch trailers for things. So, as I said, I already have it. I've heard people talk about it. I'll watch a trailer since I'm with you guys here. I do really enjoy Evan Peters. Have any of you watched it yet? Power tools all hours of the night. He pulled a Frank. Human meat. I don't know what's in there. Yeah, probably just mayonnaise. I'm not eating that. I was told you don't get to see him eat anybody. 
I was told all the murders happen off screen. And I love Neezy Nash too. I have a huge crush on her. Huge fan of Reno 911. Well, I may have to watch the first episode tonight at least. So, Boozy Badass, upset about it, says that black people should boycott it. Netflix, apparently under the radar, removed the LGBTQ tag from Dahmer after a backlash from viewers. It's not the representation we're looking for. (laughs) I mean, did they do it simply because Neezy Nash is one of the leads? Because it has a, a... high-profile LGBTQ actress is one of the leads? Is that is that the reason? <laughs> Netflix has removed the LGBTQ tag from its Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy. Created Jeffrey Dahmer limited series. Dahmer. Let me make sure I catch the ads one more time here. I'm getting ready to wrap up. Uh, I don't even have an animal video yet. I gotta find an animal video for you guys. The show, starring Evan Peters as the notorious serial killer, launched on September 21st on the streaming platform and was categorized under the LGBTQ tag for at least two days. The decision to categorize Dahmer as LGBTQ content ignited controversy on social media and many subscribers condemning Netflix for the decision. The tag is normally used to spotlight shows such as Heartstopper and Sex Education, both of which include LGBTQ characters and subject matter in a positive light. Dahmer technically does feature an LGBTQ character since the serial serial killer was a gay man. I was not aware of that. I did not know I did not know Dahmer was gay. But as one subscriber wrote on TikTok, this is not the representation we're looking for. See, my 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 thought went to like Niecy Nash. She's a high profile member of the community. Netflix, I implore you to please reconsider having Dahmer with the LGBTQ tag, especially as one of its tags right when you open the app. All television series and films on Netflix are sorted into categories to help drive the streaming platform's search algorithm. Dahmer, for instance, was initially categorized as LGBTQ, in addition to ominous psychological horror, vintage crime, and dark. Yeah, I feel those others are, uh, you know, pretty spot on. Now, it's not just uh, boozy or, you know, members of the LGBTQ community uh, upset over the tag. Jeffrey Dahmer's victims' families uh, speak out about the Netflix series. Rita Isabel, who is portrayed in Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, writes an insider essay. It's sad they're just making money off of this tragedy. That's everything in life, unfortunately. Like Warlord told me the other day, like everything is grift. Rita Isabel, a family member of one of John, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's victims, uh, who was portrayed in the Netflix series of Speaking Out. Isabel's brother, Earl Lindsay, was murdered at the age of 19 by Dahmer. 
gave a victim impact statement during Dahmer's 1992 sentencing when the killer was given 15 consecutive life sentences. Is he still alive? Is he still alive? The emotional moment is recreated in the Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan, uh, Brennan created limited series, which topped the streamer's top 10 list uh, the week of September 21st. When I saw some of the show, it bothered me, especially when I saw myself, when I saw my name come across the screen and this lady saying verbatim exactly what I said. But they didn't contact you, ma'am? I would have figured they would have contacted you beforehand, made sure you were cool with it. If not, change your name. I mean, I know it's in the court record and shit, but you know, so was everything that was on Dragnet. If I didn't know any better, I would have thought it was me. Her hair was like mine. She had on the same clothes. That's why it felt like reliving it all over again. It brought back all the emotions I was feeling back then. Isabel says that she wasn't contacted by Netflix and criticized the streaming giant for profiting off the tragic story. I feel like Netflix should have asked if we mind or how we felt about making it. They didn't ask me anything. Really not Netflix's responsibility, I would say. It's more on the Ryan Murphy his production company they just did it I could even understand if they gave some sort of money to the victim's children victim's children and grandchildren the show benefited them in some way it wouldn't feel so harsh and careless and I agree totally that they're just making money off of this tragedy it's just greed the episode with me was the only part I saw I didn't watch the whole show I don't need to watch it I lived it I know exactly what happened Netflix and Ryan Murphy to comment. Eric Perry, who identified himself as a cousin of Lindsay, also spoke out about the series when the scene portraying Isabel's victim impact statement was first shared on social media. I'm not telling anyone what to watch. I know true crime media is huge right now, but if you're actually curious about the victims, my family are pissed about the show. It's re-traumatizing over and over again, and for what? How many movies, shows, documentaries do we need? I just, I don't understand, because, like, for American Crime Story, they consulted with Monica. She was a executive producer. <laughs> she she told them exactly what was going on. I, I guess because it's just court records, they just didn't care. They just didn't care. Like, oh, well, it's in the, it's in the, the court records. We don't, we don't have to get permission. Because you were in the courtroom, we don't we don't need your permission to use your likeness. And it's fucked up. Fifteen hours of dog. We don't need that much dog. Okay, here we go. Here's a a woman bring uh cat home. Here's how the dog reacted. Hey, that's not what I did. That, whoa. There we go. Both of them were abandoned and found without any. Aww. 
And always, I pull these down because there are so many companies that just buy up these viral videos. I guarantee you I get a copyright claim on that. So I gotta have it low enough to where like my music overtakes it. Heard about the puppy on Pet Finder. Automatically knew they were besties. Now we're we're seeing the puppy go home to the kitty. Oh no, that she got a kitty to go with the puppy. She knew that the cat was delicate. Oh, fucking shit. Look at them. (laughs) That is absolutely adorable. So, yeah, on this show, I told you about how, uh, you know, we've got a threat of a nuclear bomb going off, like, probably tomorrow. You may wake up in the morning like, oh, a nuclear weapon went off in Ukraine. Told you, told you about a standoff, her kid died. Told you about a mass shooting at a school. But, hey, hey, I left you with a puppy and a kitten. So the puppy is now a uh, a support dog. Good with allergy allergies apparently. Oh, sweet puppy, but don't put your puppy to work. Don't exploit your puppy. I'm one to talk. I'm, I'm always like, I need to monetize my cats. I need to put them on Instagram. Honestly, I just need I need a, a 24-7 camera on, on just like a pen of cats, and that'd probably make way more money than this show ever made. That's what I'm going instead of, to... Instead of trying to, to make it as a political talk show host, I'm just going to put a camera on cats 24-7. You're going to come back to the Justin Freaking channel in a few months. It's going to be nothing but cats. There's going to be like fucking 24,000 followers. We're going to be donating and cheering and shit. Cheer so many bits, I'll give them some catnip. (laughs) If you're watching on Twitch, I don't even know where you're going. Let me go find you some place to go. I don't think it's time for Echoplex. It's, uh, It's a Thursday night. It's still a couple hours away. Let's go to. Uh, go to. We're gonna go to soup for my uh, bread line. Because we've never raided them before. We're gonna go say hey. 